Welcome to Startup Stories, where we go behind the scenes of some of the most interesting and innovative tech startups in the world. Each episode will bring you in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs and business leaders, sharing their personal stories on success, failure, and everything in between. So whether you're an entrepreneur yourself or someone that's just generally interested in the world of startups, then Startup Stories is the perfect place for you to gain insight and inspiration into some of the most exciting players in the game. So sit back, relax, and join us on a journey of Startup Stories. Hi, Vadim. Thank you for joining me on the Startup Stories podcast. Hello, Jordan. Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me. My pleasure, Adam. So, of course, for the listeners, could you give a brief introduction onto who you are? Okay, Jordan. First of all, originally I'm from Russia, but live in Germany since uh, half of my life. I have studied uh, at Cologne. And uh, afterwards, I have worked a lot of software engineers, different companies, uh, different tech stacks, or have tried out different worlds. And then uh, I went more and more like in, in management path. So I have built up a couple of teams. I was also responsible for product and uh, product management, but then came back to engineering. So uh, software engineering is, is my world. Uh, and uh, it's not just technology, but especially also organizations and uh, building up the teams and uh, people. And now I'm uh, at a company named uh, Godfoto. It's a SaaS product for photography businesses. Uh, I'm CTO of the company. Excellent. So as you say, you sit now as the CTO of Godfoto, which is a fantastic position to be in. I know the business very well. I've seen them you know, for the last decade in the German market. But what I want to know is... I want to know about Vadim's background. Where did it all start? So how do I understand you the best way possible? And what I'd like to do is go back to your childhood from your earliest memory. Take me back to your childhood. Yeah, I have spent my childhood in Russia, in Moscow, in the south of the city. It was, I think, pretty normal. So nothing special to remember. What I was always uh, interested in, in uh, decomposing different things to understand how they the work. Yeah. That's why maybe afterwards I came more in the engineering, software engineering uh, world, just to think about uh, and to grasp the complexity of the things. And uh, I have also in my school have had different classes, different directions. So I was uh, sometime also more in this direction of uh, studying languages and uh, literature, but then uh, went more in the direction of uh, actually financial economics. So it's also it was always more like a generalist, interesting in all the aspects of, of the things and not uh, being like focused on, on one thing. And uh, yeah. I think it's influence uh, still me in my career also. So where did the influence for becoming a software engineer come from? Where did that start? It's interesting, maybe a little bit unusual because I started pretty late. So I written my first line of code as I was 19 or 20 years old, because actually first I, I wanted to go into the economics and financial management administration. I also started my stu- studies back in Russia, but then I moved with my family to Germany as I was 19. And the first year I, I needed to organize a lot of documents to translate them and so on, so I can uh, continue my studies here in Germany. And while I was doing this, I just started somehow to look into the into the tech 
and how to develop the simple web pages. I, I don't remember anymore why, actually. I think I just uh, found some article that was pre pretty cool. I wanted to try it out. Uh, and then uh, it went, uh, yeah, it was taken me over pretty quickly. I started to make uh, small web pages for me, for my friends, uh, for anything. And then I learned a couple of programming languages. And then uh, it was already the time to select the, the direction of my studies in the university. And then I have uh, selected the the combination of economics and uh, uh, informatics. And uh, yeah, basically also within my studies, I have already started to work uh, professionally. So this was my start. What was the first programming language you ever used? Two of them, JavaScript for front-end development and PHP on the back-end. Because I, I actually started this classical HTML and CSS just to, to create web pages, but then you find it pretty quickly that you need to add some dynamics. That's, that's why JavaScript and then later... But very soon, PHP came into the game. Okay, so you've had quite the career in terms of, you know, being a software engineer for a number of companies. And now you're working, as we talked about, at GotPhoto. Tell me about your path from a software engineer or a senior software engineer into a sort of leadership position as a CTO for GotPhoto. Yes, it's, um, it was also, I think, not a straightforward path, yeah. Because early in my career, I was actually enjoying the technology. Yeah? So uh, enjoying the coding. I have tried out a lot of different programming languages. Also, for example, I was not just developing app, web application, but also developing for enterprise resource planning systems, enterprise systems um, for some uh, production companies. Uh, so I was just uh, looking at the different types of technology, what I like, what I dislike. And then more or less, I have selected the type of the companies or technology or types of applications that I like to work with. But also, yeah, after this first first phase, uh, I have uh, also understand, as I already talked about my childhood, that I'm more like generalist. I, I wanted always to look what else, yeah, how to make the best product, because even if my very first project, first pro uh, professional project, I just remember my emotions when the first orders came in, yeah. So this is for me, for me was always the highlight. That's why at some point, uh, just... Um, Looking at the technology alone was not uh, enough for me, and I wanted to have something more. Yeah, and then I have started more to look on how to execute projects, how to organize teams. Um, that's why I came first in my first uh, team leadership positions, and uh, afterwards uh, different types of leadership. Yeah, then I went more in the direction of technological leadership and architect software architecture. So I worked for two companies in these areas where I was leading uh, teams on strategy and software research, how to develop and um, how to go to, towards it and how to bring our current systems uh, towards it. And uh, then in, in next steps, it was more and more than people and processes. So that means how to organize teams, uh, motivate uh, people and, and select the right uh, agile in the processes actually also to, to deliver the best product. And then somehow all, all these different uh, experiences that I have gathered uh, then uh, afterwards, I came, uh, first started as a head of engineering at Godfather, then uh, also became a CTO uh, afterwards. Yeah, and that CTO position is quite new for the last eight months, is that right? Mm -hmm. Nice, okay. So just to elaborate on Gotphoto, can you explain exactly what they do and uh, what your role as a CTO contributes towards? Uh, yes, um, so the main uh, the mission of Godfoto is to make photographers more successful. 
That means uh, how we do it, we create a SaaS product uh, for photographers so we can help them to optimize uh, and to make their businesses more efficient. So you, you must imagine most of the photographers, this is a small company, so mostly freelancers, solopreneurs that do not have much resources uh, to create own tech, yeah, to have own developers. Uh, that's why where we're good at is to understand the needs of uh, photographers and to create a product that helps them really to drive more sales, more uh, photo shootings, uh, and so on. This is then God Photo. And uh, yeah, my role is uh, as a CTO, the co company is uh, mostly on the technology side. So I'm currently not, not responsible for the product. And uh, it's uh, about engineering, product engineering, uh, internal IT and data. This is uh, then my areas. Okay, so let's talk about engineering leadership. So what are the main points to be successful? I think, yeah, the main point in engineering uh, leadership to understand like there are multiple areas of leadership, yeah, uh, where uh, we need to invest time, where we need to watch, we need to look at. It's uh, first of all, uh, of course, the technology, yeah, technology, technological vision and uh, management of the technology, then operations, so it uh, organization of the teams and uh, normal uh, engineering operations, running system, monitoring them and so on. And the third one, the most important one is actually the people, mm -hmm. how to keep uh, people motivated and how to give them meaningful work and yeah, taking care of them. And so on. So this is, uh, I think, main three areas. And based on the yeah state of the company and the phase development phase where the company is, then uh, you should invest in all of these areas. Yeah, but uh, based on your resources, you can do one thing or another one. Yeah. I like the third point you mentioned about the people. It's the most common topic that we talk about when I'm you know talking to other companies. You know, how do we keep people motivated? How do we maintain? a good culture for a you know a place where people want to work and are you know feel like they're adding value not only to themselves from a career progression standpoint but to the company are they contributing to something that they enjoy doing all those above things are really hard to make sure that they're all maintained you know and satisfying the employees so in order to make sure that you're keeping that balance what's your engineering leadership strategy uh, our strategy is, uh, yeah, first of all, as you have mentioned, of course, this is a uh, very complicated topics. Yeah. And first of all, where, where we start, where actually the start the people themselves. So what, uh, uh, there are, I think, two, maybe, maybe two main things that we need always to, to admit and be clear. First of all, all the people are different. Yeah. And, uh, and we can never expect uh, everybody to be the same. That's why, like, some sort of uh, simple policies or processes, uh, uh, they will never work for everybody. Yeah. So that's why we already started this uh, people first uh, mindset and talk a lot of to people in one on ones and trying to understand their views, their wishes, uh, and so on. This is uh, the first uh, point. And the second point uh, is uh, what we see, which is very important for us, uh, that we see that people almost always are intrinsically motivated. Yeah? And that uh, actually we ca cannot uh, enforce or require this motivation. We can just uh, be like shepherds uh, for it. Yeah? And give an environment where this motivation can be there and uh, can be increased. Yeah, this is important. So it's uh, very important to take care of the environment where people 
working. Uh, but you can never uh, ask for for motivation. Yeah, it, it will it will be created and it will be born in the people themselves if they have a right environment. Yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just the beginning, of course. <laughs> actually, how how we do it? Uh, yes, it's a complicated uh, question. But uh, yeah, let's start first of all. Uh, people should know the purpose. Yeah. So why we we do the things? Yeah. Uh, here we start is not just engineering. You need to start the whole company, which is uh, your mission and vision of the company, whom we're trying to help and, and why we exist. Yeah, this is already important to, that it's uh, always clear to everybody and that, that we uh, use this word so always. Yeah, and uh, the experience shows it uh, must not be something like let's save uh, the whole world or something like this. Yeah, even just a normal clear uh, motivation for people was to help other people for example for us as helping photographers yeah and for a lot of people it's very good motivation that clear why we do it and uh, how we can uh, apply it and then uh, the second okay it's a very high level this vision then when we go down to different teams and individuals so also we need to always be clear and it's a task of engineer leadership. Explain what uh, uh, influence of people themselves on this vision, yeah, where they come into the game and watch how they work, uh, play, pay into this uh, general vision. And uh, uh, of course, for especially for software engineers, it's a, it always important some sort of development. So we're trying also to map uh, uh, wishes of the engineers themselves, yeah, how we want to develop them to our plans, how we develop the organization. So we see the matches and show the possibilities, how people can develop, what can they learn into this. And uh, yeah, the third third part, I think, also one of the most important part. Again, it's the environment, so that we take care of trustful environment where everybody can ask questions, to bring their ideas into it, but also where we have clarity around uh, goals and uh, processes or uh, requirements. So I think this is the way we invest time as engineer leadership. Yeah, I love what you said about, you know, having the one-to-ones, everybody is different. Everyone has a different way of doing things. And I think that's a key a key ingredient to make sure that you have a successful team that regardless of them being different, they can collaborate as one. And I think from what I've learned, you know, talking to many companies, it's the ability to understand each individual's motivations, what, what they want to achieve in this role, you know, whether it can contribute to something they want to achieve in their personal life, maybe a new house, or they want to do something different, you know, outside of work, how can they get there in this current role by doing so, which could be a a key motivator for them to progress in the business and reach financial goals, position levels in the business, grow throughout the ranks and stuff like that. So yeah, really good point. So talk to me about, we talked about this before, but talk to me about handling monolithic applications and general architectural topics um yeah it's uh, also a very big topic uh, uh, the, the most uh, what is the most interesting is actually the situation that the company have some sort of monolithic application or all the one yeah because uh, often people just uh, set as equal monolithic as a legacy yeah or, which is not exactly true. It's uh, the situation is very typical. Yeah. So for every startup that is more or less uh, successful and exists already since uh, uh, some years, yeah, you will come into the situation that you have uh, maybe a monolithic application that is not so perfect for the future. Yeah? So the in most cases, yeah, people have like bad emotions around monolithic system, which should not be. It's a, actually just a normal development step of, of the company. Yeah, because uh, 
having a monolithic what, what is a monolithic system is to the system where the whole code is in in one repository so always together yeah so and uh, it's uh, pretty natural because company starts very small they have maybe just one couple of developers then one one two teams and for it's yeah uh, also according to Conway law they just create one system where that they own together yeah and then when startup develops then you have like five or ten teams then you understand uh, okay now it's time to do something with this uh, monolithic uh, systems so there's the main goal to make just teams more uh, independent from each other uh, because uh, which can happen when you work on such systems uh, there's a lot of teams they have uh, depends because they are starting to adjust native to the same code and can break things uh, for each other yeah and basically this is uh, the main the main goal for monolithic systems to refactor them in this way that uh, your teams can independently work in the future so you talked about how important people were earlier not only is it important to you know have good people in your team currently so that the team can all get on good chemistry but also you know in terms of growing the company further you know one person one top you know one bad person can affect the whole environment. So when you're trying to hire, how do you make sure that you're hiring the right person as well? Talk to me about your hiring process. Two things. Uh, first of all, uh, how to hire the right people. It's uh, also basically to look at the right things or the things that you need and require from your candidates in the interview process. Yeah. Plus also involve the people that will actually uh, work with this person. Yeah. Because uh, for us, for our company, the, the culture is very important. And we know that people that are already working with us, we are, we are sure yeah, that they also good representatives of our culture. That's why just facing a candidate, a little bit, a couple of more people, it's already uh, like filled on itself. Yeah, you see if uh, people fit uh, into the company or not. And then, of course, in, in the interview process, for uh, we need also to take care of candidate experience. That's why we're trying also to make it a little bit uh, leaner. Yeah, so our process looks like so that we start uh, this uh, typical screening call uh, from our recruitment team then we have uh, for software engineers we have a small uh, home assignment for for one hour around one hour just to develop one class uh, because for our uh, phase of development our engineering it's important that people can uh, yeah, structure the code uh, pretty well because we have already a bigger code base and also monolithical system so we especially search then for people that fit exactly in uh, our current goals and then afterwards we have a t- technical re- interview with uh, two engineers mostly so we have a pool of engineers that then do the interviews in, always in, in pairs and there we discuss a lot of technical questions hard skills uh, but also we are checking for soft skills this is also very important yeah what, what, what you have also asked for so we look how it would be to work with this person so some of the tasks that we have some of the questions are actually less technical but more just to look how you can uh, together discuss uh, different things yeah so really look at this and we see often it's uh, yeah very important for us uh, that uh, exactly in these areas people are pretty good on so soft skills that they fit in our culture and we can discuss talk to the uh, think about the things very effectively and the last step in the interview process is just uh, meet the team call and that means we uh, get uh, another two engineers that just uh, talk to the candidate about any anything what they would like and also give a uh, bigger room for candidates to ask questions and this is also more like cultural feed. And, but also from our side, 
it's an good possibility also to let uh, candidates to, to talk to other engineers and uh, often it's also a very good selling point of us as an employer uh, because uh, then people when people talk to another people that will, will work on this it's uh, also very very good not just hiring manager recruiting teams yeah i think the meet the team is the most important part of the recruitment process personally talking with other clients because for two reasons obviously the team that are going to be bringing this person in they want to make sure they get on with that person and they're not going to create a toxic environment by joining the team but also it gives confidence in the person interviewing as well okay this is the team i'm going to be working for and often from my experience it solidifies the candidate accepting the offer perhaps because they've now met the team there's full confidence they've almost felt like they're working there without working there yet so yeah completely agree with that when it comes to your hiring, what's the biggest roadblock you face when trying to find great engineers? I think it's just uh, also there are always not, not enough candidates for the positions. Yeah, It's a, <laughs> a challenge uh, uh, for everybody. We would like also to hire uh, uh, faster. Yeah? And uh, we need also to invest in, uh, a lot of time in sourcing the right candidates. Yeah. And um, which also help in that we can, in uh, the time after Corona, we now uh, uh, remote first. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. not just searching in uh, Berlin, yeah, where our main office is, but also in the whole Germany, but also in other countries. Nowadays, there are also a couple of uh, sources that uh, make it easier to make re- relocation or to hire people also ab- abroad. So but uh, I would st- still say, yeah, just n- not enough candidates that are free on the market or searching. I would like to have more. Yeah, the never-ending problem for both recruiters and for yeah. companies, you know, huge demand, limited supply. But yeah, I guess that will never change. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about culture and structure, two fundamental areas within a business to keep things sustainable and of course progressing so talk to me how you know what how important is culture and structure in your teams i think the culture and the structure they are both important yeah first of all of course uh, the, the culture comes uh, first yeah watch watch where um, as we already discussed, trying also to find, uh, to look uh, in, in uh, candidates, yeah, that people that come uh, can also main- maintain and uh, live the culture. Which culture in general allows us actually to have less structure. I would say so, even, yeah. So uh, this culture, we can be sure, okay, uh, that people actually uh, know uh, how to act, uh, what to, where to set priorities and what is important to us uh, as a company. And we don't need to somehow to ensure it uh, through too many meetings, uh, processes or alignment or whatever, yeah. But still, we are current, for example, Godfort is now we are coming from we were around uh, 60, uh, 80 people and we will uh, grow to 100, 200 people maybe in the next years. And uh, we know so uh, it can have also influence on our culture, but also we need some sort of processes to also to grow sustainably. Yeah, so uh, that we're not uh, just higher, but uh, we also stay the, the same efficient and effective as we are. And for this, we are 
trying to look which uh, processes are needed, how to organize it, which structures are needed, and already making the setup uh, for the for the future already now. In general, regarding structuring processes, I'm not a big fan to have too many processes, yeah, because when individuals, uh, people, when they're working, actually, I think too many processes can actually kill innovation or creativity of the people they just start to fall in because okay if i have a lot of the things i i have only time just to follow all the processes that's why i'm always a bit reluctant to introduce new processes but of course some of them i needed yeah yeah that's why i asked you that question because it's really hard to balance sometimes culture and structure both are, are very important as you say i from my experience people like to have freedom but they also like to be led with some sort of structure that's what you know that's effectively why there is such thing as a leader uh people you know there's nothing wrong with being led just people from my experience don't want to be micromanaged if that makes sense so to a degree where they have no freedom for innovation at all but to some degree some form of structure so they kind of know the path and you allow them to travel it with their own freedom is essentially what I was trying to get to. So yeah, very, very good point. So Vadim, what are your goals and ambitions for, for Got Photo? Yeah, my goals and uh, ambitions uh, basically to help the company uh, to grow further. So we have uh, ambitious go- company goals uh, on the photography business because it's still the area where the digitalization level is still very low. Yeah, so a lot of uh, photographers are still using the old ways of organizing the jobs on paper. This, uh, yeah, just sending around the post or stuff like this. Yeah, and uh, so there is a, a big potential also to make uh, the whole photography industry much much better. Yeah? And uh, here we see. Because our current product uh, was developed uh, only for mostly for one area of photography business, for volume photography. So there's photography at schools and uh, kindergartens and so on. And currently, uh, we see also that we need to develop it further for more areas, for example, for sports, for uh, studio photographers, uh, uh, event photography. And for that, we need also to... Scale, scale our teams. Yeah, we currently have six teams and grown them, uh, and uh, that means also for us to to find the right processes still always to be well aligned. Yeah, but still ma- maintaining also autonomy of the teams, as you have mentioned. Yeah, that the teams know what they're responsible for, and also that they are they are actually responsible for uh, for, for it uh, intrinsically yeah? from the thing that they want also to be responsible for this. And uh, I think uh, maintaining the balance would be my main task in, in the next years. Nice goals. I'm also intrigued to sort of end it there. You know, you've, as I say, very much early into your life as a CTO. Now that you've been there for eight, nine months as a CTO, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned that surprised you the most that you didn't expect? Actually, I think uh, what uh, I have learned, uh, how people are actually flexible and intrinsically uh, motivated. Because when I was uh, starting, that's my uh, uh, managerial path. Yeah, So I, I thought I need to do, to do more, a little bit more everywhere. Yeah? More, more also processes, more structures, maybe more, more definition, uh, uh, more strategies. Yeah? And uh, from my experience in the last time, I learned uh, more and more that uh, you need to be actually more like a shepherd for your teams. 
integrate environment and move to facilitate yeah and uh, actually in the past i was a little bit even afraid for me it's like uh, lo- losing the control yeah but uh, nowadays uh, which i now in the last months which i have uh, seen again people are great just uh, give the guidance and i uh, use the all uh, input for that uh, coming from the people and just shut up with your ideas, yeah. Because still, <laughs> as, a, as a passionate engineer, I have, of course, a special uh, technology side. I have tons of uh, ideas, yeah. But um, it's better first to, to give people, yeah, that ideas come f- from them. And then they are also more bound to, to these ideas, more motivated uh, to execute uh, on them, yeah, to bring them forward than something that uh, comes uh, from, from above. And uh, I think that this is my main learning, and I'm still trying to be better on this, yeah. Uh, not always uh, succeeding, but uh, I think I'm <laughs> better and better. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great self-awareness for only eight months into the CTO position, Vadim. And uh, yeah, great. I look forward to following the journey of Got photo for the next 12 months, 12 to 24 months, seeing where the company grows. I'm sure it'd be fantastic. And, you know, following your path directly as well as we'll, we'll keep in contact. So I want to say thank you for joining me on the Startup Stories podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to keep following. Thank you very much, Jordan. No problem. Thanks for listening to this episode of Startup Stories. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our guests and learning more about their journey in the startup world. I'll be back soon with another exciting episode featuring a new guest. So make sure to subscribe to Startup Stories so you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media for updates and additional content. And if you have any suggestions for guests or topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to me. And as always, I appreciate your support and feedback. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.